Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to episode 255. Yeah, I messed up last night. Tonight is 255 of the Family Medicine Rocks podcast for Monday, April 30th, 2012. On tonight's show, only in just a couple of days until the huge AAFP NCSC meeting, one of the largest family medicine advocacy meetings of the entire year, and it's coming very close to us now. My guest coming up will be a conversation with Dr. Jay Lee, NCSC conference convener, the grand poobah, the man, and uh, you will learn why during the course of this interview. And also, uh, you've uh, heard of the Arab Spring, but Forbes magazine or Forbes online writes about the primary care spring. What does that mean? I'll break it down. And also, musical guest. Yes, this is a real show here. It's no the musical guest. The musical stylings of the group called Revolve, who will be playing at the meeting this week. So all that and a lot more coming up on episode 255 of the Family Medicine Rocks podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, the president of the American Academy of Family Physicians, Dr. Glenn Street. Um, this year, one of my commitments and, and a great interest is to be more engaged with you as leaders, chapter leaders, uh, and, and our frontline membership. Uh, on, on Monday, a Twitter handle, I'm privileged to be the first one to hold uh, at AFP Prez, P-R-E-Z. I already have 29 followers. I feel so proud. Um, I have a long, long way to go to catch up to uh, our current student board member, Kevin Bernstein, who has a little over 1,000, um, and our, uh, our king of family medicine social media, uh, Mike Sevilla, who has nearly 7,000 uh, members. Thank you. 
for election of the 2013 NCSC convener. That's right, kids. This will be the first year that it will be an elected position. You will get the first crack at them. You will get the first statements from them. They are Ryan Kaufman from Ohio and Kim Yu from Michigan. I recorded uh, interviews with them over the past few days. They are recorded, and I will be playing them on the show here Wednesday, uh, May 2nd, 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central Time here on the Family Medicine Rocks podcast. So uh, that's right. Very excited about that. It's exclusive. It's historic. It's uh, groundbreaking. And I will probably never be allowed to do this again. So you will have to listen to that, download it, because you'll be so excited. You'll be so fired up after my presentation on Wednesday night that you won't be able to sleep. So especially if you're a voting delegate, I want you to download that. that you can download that. Uh, Wednesday afternoon and Wednesday evening for you to listen to in preparation for the Thursday meeting. So that's a big announcement there, kids. Very excited uh, that uh, they were uh, agreeable to come on the show and and to uh, talk a little bit about why they want to be NCSE convener. And uh, you will have to wait two days to listen to that and download it. Uh, So coming up in just a few minutes here on the show is the man himself, this year's convener, the 2012 NCSE conference convener, Dr. Jay Lee. Uh, We're going to be playing his conversation. Yes, it is pre-recorded, but it's still going to be really good. So he's not here live. He's kind of here live. He's listening. (laughs) But we'll be playing his uh, uh, interview coming up here. Uh, And for those of you who don't know, Dr. Jay Lee is Assistant Program Director and Director of Health Policy at the Long Beach Memorial Family Medicine Residency Program. He also does extensive work with the California Academy of Family Physicians. I believe now he is an officer. I believe he is a vice speaker, I believe. And um, we'll be talking about the FM revolution in the course of our discussion. Um, And he also holds a master's in public health, specializing in health policy and management, thus his Twitter handle of FamilyDocWonk. So we'll be uh, playing those parts of that interview coming up. Also tonight, we'll be playing some musical snippets uh, from the band called Revolve, and our good friend uh, uh, Ray Sapatelli from New Jersey is the front man. He is the guy. He's the lead vocals. And uh, I encourage you to check out their website at revolveband.com, revolveband.com. And they have some videos over there. And I just drew the audio from those video things. And uh, they don't have they have some full songs, but uh, a lot of them are snippets. So I'll be playing these snippets in the course of the show. Maybe have some bumper music to keep everybody awake. So very excited, jam-packed show here this evening. This is the uh, last uh, NCSC show from uh, The Bunker here at uh, Family Medicine Rock's World Headquarters. And uh, maybe I'll be doing some shows on site at the NCSC meeting. We'll see how that all works out. But first, I do want to thank Blog Talk Radio for having me be a featured host here on the network. Thank you so much for that. I've been a social media hobbyist since 2005, and if you're curious, yes, I am a real doctor. I am a family physician in full-time private practice, meaning I see patients in the hospital and in my office five days a week and some weekends as well here in beautiful northeastern Ohio. And I'll take my break, and we will play the first segment of Dr. Jay Lee's interview right after this. You're listening to the 
Family Medicine Rocks podcast here on the Blog Talk Radio Network. This is the unofficial podcast of the FM Revolution, the Family Medicine Revolution. Just Google FM Revolution for more details. And also a shout-out to the Family Medicine Education Consortium, fmec.net. And this show is also a proud member of the ProMed Network of Podcasts. You can go to promednetwork.com. We'll be right back after this short little snippet from the band Revolve. Go to revolveband.com, and we'll be right back. This is the Family Medicine Rocks podcast live on a Monday night, just hours before the start of the AFP NCSC meeting in Kansas City. And uh, yeah, so I'll be uh, so uh, this interview here tonight with the convener himself, Dr. Jay Lee, the conference chair, um, recorded over the weekend here um, because our schedules were kind of that's how it worked out. So I'm going to be playing three segments here, separate and. Uh, It'll be very entertaining for our, all of you. And, uh, you know, I've just, uh, and we talked about it in the interview, I've, I've known Jay just for a short time now. And uh, just a, a dynamite guy, lots of energy. Um, I ask him a lot about legislative type of things. Um, he's a legislative bulldog out there uh, trying to get things done. Um, great admiration for the guy. Um, and uh, it's uh, it, it's going to be great seeing what he does this week and uh, just, just to kind of, you know, what the convener does is just, you know, it sets the tone for the entire meeting. Um, and you, you'll be able to tell those of you who are attending and those of you who know Jay in, in person and in, in real life. I mean, uh, you, you know the energy that he's going to bring to this and any kind of project that he's had. The uh, first segment here, uh, we talk about, uh, you know, we are both of us looking forward to NCSC. We, uh, and uh, my first question here for him in this segment um is, uh, you know, trying to really address and talk to the people who have been, uh, who have never been to the NCSC meeting, the first-time attendees. And this first uh, part of the interview here, we talk about the meeting and talk about first-time attendees. Here is the NCSC convener, Dr. Jay Lee. And, and you know, something that this meeting is, is really aimed towards is are people who have never been exposed to this type of format before, first-time attendees, people who have a lot of passion but maybe don't know the rules or the structure of a policy-type uh, uh, making meeting, and um, you know, one of the first things uh, that are going are to happen during the week, I, I believe it's Thursday morning, is there going to be a, 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 there is still there, I, I think, an orientation where the leadership team kind of, 
you know, kind of breaks down the meeting because it's going to be a very quick thing for people who have never been there before. It's going to be three days of just whirlwind, back-to-back type of things, including sessions, including networking, including resolution writing, um, talking about resolutions, voting, and that type of thing. Uh, so that's very exciting for people, and, and it's, it's really exciting for me to kind of see that the people who are first time there or been there once or twice uh, to try to find their way, feel their way around how to get business done. People a lot of, bring a lot of their personal issues uh, of their patients and of their community to the meeting, which is great, uh, but it's great for people like you and me just to kind of you know pay it forward a little bit and say, hey, when I was here for the first time, you know, I, I asked some people some questions um, and helped guide me through this uh, because you know, it's, it, it's, it can be frustrating. The rules can kind of hold you back sometimes, but if you find the right person or group of people, um, especially for first-time attendees, that is just very valuable for them to try to latch on to. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that, um, you know, one of the great things about this meeting is it it prepares people to channel uh, their strong feelings about, uh, you know, things in, in family medicine or things in the healthcare system. And, uh, you know, that's sort of the next step in leadership. Uh, you know, I think for a lot of us that, uh, that, it, that went to medical school with uh, a mission in mind in terms of, uh, I want to help people. I want to build healthy communities, et cetera. Uh, sometimes we look at the injustices in the healthcare system, or the or, or the things around the edges that don't work quite right, and they infuriate us. They 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 make us angry, or they or they motivate us to want to make change. And um, sometimes we don't understand why people above our pay scale or the suits, as I like to call them don't quite understand us. And, and, and part of that process in, in leadership growth is learning to take what you're passionate about, what whatever's in your passion bucket, and how do you put that on paper? How do you communicate that? And, um, you know, I, I do this with the residents. I, I With the residents in my residency program, I, I actually have them sit down and write their mission statement down, and they tell me, this is really hard. And I say, well, yeah, it, it is hard because you got to be able to communicate it, um, and it's not just about feeling like you got to do something. So that's what this meeting uh, does uh, and helps out with is is allowing people some space um, in their busy lives to to come together to meet other passionate people, and in this case, family physicians, and to allow for folks to have a structured way to get their thoughts down on paper and uh, for them to have a means to communicate with the leadership of the American Academy of Family Physicians, both from the resolution standpoint but also from the networking standpoint because the meeting occurs at the same time as the annual leadership forum. And I think really uh, people who've come year after year or, um, yeah, you know, at, at even even after the first time, uh, really come out a lot more polished in terms of their ability to advocate and to speak out on the issues that are um, troubling family physicians and their patients. Um, yeah, absolutely. I remember back to to you know, one of my first meetings, and I talked about this on on the previous show with with our friend uh, Julie Wood, who was on the show recently. And uh, um, you know, when I was you know um, 
resident delegate, and I, I went to the Congress of Delegates, and when I went to my first uh, NCSC meeting, um, you know, she was somebody that I've met before, somebody that was familiar to me, somebody um, who had, has been there for, you know, a lot of years, and, and somebody I can, um, has been a mentor to me, and I can ask, I say, Julie, you know, I, I have this idea, and I want this to happen. Can you tell me how to make that happen? Um, and you find those people at these meetings, and it, it's uh, uh, and I know you'd agree with that, Jay. Is that it's just you know you, you, when you find people, whatever it is, at the student level, resident level, NCSC level, new position level, when you find these people out there and you connect with these people, they're definitely um, you know friends for life. Uh, can you remember back to kind of your your first uh, NCS meetings or your first leadership meetings, and, and uh, you know uh, you remember anything from those you know first things or, or uh, learning your way around? Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, a lot of uh, the reason for coming to these meetings, beyond sort of learning the mechanics of, uh, you know, the, the X's and O's of uh, family medicine advocacy, I, I think the other big component of this is uh, the friendship and the mentorship that one can receive uh, over the course of your career. Um, you know, uh, let's face it, we're all we're all getting uh, older. And I, I believe that we're all getting wiser uh, as a result of our aging experience. <laughs> and, um, you know, in order for us to get from where we were to where we want to be, uh, you know, pe- people make a huge difference. And, I, you know, I remember back to even before my first MTSC, uh, I, I just graduated from residency and I was looking for ways to get involved with uh, my state chapter, California Academy of Family Physicians. And, you know, uh, actually this was right before graduation, I approached uh, Dr. Jeff Luther, uh, who at the time was Associate Program Director, and I, I asked him, hey, hey Jeff, um, how do I get more involved in the California Academy of Family Physicians? And, and he looks at me and he says, hold on one second. Picks up the phone uh, and he calls Susan Hoagland at the California Academy of Family Physicians and he says, Susan? This is Jeff. I've got a live one. And, um, you know, basically from there, uh, I, I got a phone call with Susan, and we proceeded to, uh, she proceeded to help me get uh, connected with the right folks, you know, learning about my interests in, in, um, in health policy. And soon thereafter, I was on the Legislative Affairs Committee. So sometimes leadership can be as easy as asking and um, showing up. Um, and then, you know, the, so what sort of got me into the National Conference of Special Constituencies is California has historically used uh, the meeting as a means for identifying emerging leaders and to give them an opportunity to represent the state. And at the time, uh, Dr. Jack Chow uh, was leading uh, the delegation from California and approached me at a meeting and said, um, hey, what are you doing in the spring? Would you be interested in joining me for some barbecue? And, and how, could I say no? how could I say no? Uh, so, you know, I, and then, of course, he sprinkled in the advocacy part, and, and I was enticed. So I, I came to that meeting not really knowing what to expect and being blown away by the 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 quality of the people there, the uh, sort of the level of involvement in 
in their respective communities, the degree of passion that people had for changing the parts of the health system that are so wrong um, and helping to build primary care workforce in our country. And to also learn that, you know, my issues or their issues or everyone's issues uh, and that they're not necessarily unique to uh, geographic boundaries, that we're all in this together, that uh, there are things that we can do, uh, and also to learn that, that things don't move as quickly as we'd like them to sometimes because there's um, sort of other, other uh, uh, I don't know, silos within the healthcare system that don't necessarily hear us. And so, you know, asking the Academy to help us with, uh, those aspects in terms of being able to get the word out about who family physicians are and, and going to bat for us, being at those tables so that we're not at the menu uh, in the in the public forum. Yes, I mean, that's, uh, um, um, I, I, I know you love using that quote. That is that is your go-to quote. That's awesome. I love it. Uh, <laughs> and um, uh, so, I mean, that, that kind of, uh, and you've kind of partially answered it already. I mean, it's, um, you know, when you talk to residents or when you talk to uh, resident graduates, you know, uh, attending docs, uh, our peers, our colleagues, um, you know, and, and they say, uh, and they say, Jay, you know, I, you know, I, I, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. I don't have time to do it. I'm just here, you know, in my practice or in my professional situation, um, you know, advocacy really isn't that important to me. I'm glad there are people like you out there that are doing it, but, you know, why should I, you know, um, you know, normal grassroots doc get involved with ad- advocacy? I mean, what, what, what's really in it for me? Yeah, and my response to them would be, you know, uh, find a way. Uh, and, and it doesn't necessarily have to be take four days out of your life to come to Kansas City. Um, as much as I'd love to see everyone there, um, I, I, I understand that, uh, you know, people have communities they have to take care of and also, uh, you know, maybe not, not they're not supported by their institution or these kinds of things. Uh, but that doesn't mean that we, we can't be advocates in our, advocates in our own way. Um, as, as, as you know, um, and as many of us who are in the social media sphere know, uh, advocacy can play uh, many, can appear in many different ways. And even if it's, even if it's following the meeting via Twitter, uh, hashtag NCSC12 or hashtag FM Revolution, uh, and retweeting or forwarding or commenting, you know, those, those kinds of actions play uh, a big role as well in terms of getting the consciousness of family medicine out in the public sphere. Uh, so, um, you know, and, and hopefully that those individuals who uh, are maybe more cynical about uh, their ability to create change, uh, you know, hopefully over time they'll find ways to be present at these types of meetings or at local committees at their chapter or on a state level and find a way to get involved because I think um, – it's, we don't want silent sufferers because uh, that's the worst sort of uh, fate that one can have, which is to feel kind of like a martyr in terms of uh, the work that you're doing and, and feel like there's not a community. Because the truth is uh, all of us could use a little bit of a, of, of a cheer team, um, and, and that's kind of what we do for one another is to sort of help encourage, help 
be a sounding board for uh, leadership. And, you know, I've been um, out of residency for almost eight years now, and I, and I have to say uh, my family medicine community is one of the most important groups of people that I rely upon in my pro professional life. And um, more and more uh, folks in my family medicine community are, are a big part of my personal life as well. Uh, and that's that, that's awesome. Friends for life, as you said. And uh, I have to remember to take myself off of mute. <laughs> I'm a rookie at this. <laughs> um, yeah, friends for life. I mean, it's just uh, that, that that is something that uh, that we always talk about when we go to these types of meetings. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just kind of reflecting on that segment there, you know, talking about first-time attendees. I always enjoy uh, speaking with uh, with leaders about how they first got involved. Uh, that is a, 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 always a fascinating story uh, to ask people um, because usually what they do is, is, you know, when you ask people how they first got involved, they always uh, uh, they always mention their mentors. They, they, they mention people who got them involved or pushed them along. Um, it, it is uh, always great to, to hear type, those type of things, and especially the, the, the people who have never been to this meeting before. I always like to ask them, uh, you know, how did you get here in the first place? Um, you know, who, who influenced you or how did you find out about the meeting? Uh, it's always uh, always interesting to try to get that. Uh, the second part of this interview, we're going to talk about a little bit more about social media, the social media angle. But first, uh, I do want to play a, a short little thing here from the group Revolve, uh, Ray Sapatelli and Revolve. You can find them at revolveband.com. This is about a minute, uh, so this is a little snippet here. Uh, from Revolve, and then we'll continue with our conversation. You're listening to the Family Medicine Rocks podcast here on a Monday night here on the Blartar Radio Network. My name is Mike Sevilla, and uh, we'll be right back. Brought to you by Revolve, revolveband.com. Go check them out and check them out on Thursday night at the NCSC meeting. And uh, they're just going to rock it out. It's going to be very fun, very exciting. Uh, so uh, now uh, we'll continue here with uh, Dr. Jay Lee, the NCSC conference convener. Follow him on Twitter at uh, uh, FamilyDocWonk uh, on Twitter. The second segment of our uh, chat here will uh, have to do with uh, social media. Uh, and both of us, you know, that's kind of how we met. I met him on Twitter before I met him in person. 
And uh, I'm very excited, as you know, you can probably guess, that uh, I think social media uh, will take a huge role in uh, this year's meeting uh, a way, in a way that has never been done before. Um, and we're going to be connecting people, you know, at the meeting. We're going to be connecting people who are off-site, at home, in their office, who can't take the time off to travel to Kansas City to try to keep them connected, to try to get them a voice somehow using social media. Here is part two of my conversation with the NCSC conference convener, Dr. Jay Lee. That's a great segue into the social media angle um, that I wanted to get into. Um, starting out with my talk Wednesday night, uh, follow it on Twitter. Uh, but the, the, some of the main, uh, the, the, a couple of main uh, themes that you've already mentioned that I'm going to bring up, or you know, what, you know, people ask me why social media is important, or you know, what, what, why do I think it's important? And I think when I, when I really boil it down, it's, it's, it's basically two things. The, the first thing is, you know, storytelling. You know, this is another way for us to tell our story. Or if you don't want to create content, then you listen. Um, you know, docs, you know, don't have to do anything. They just have to listen. And, and who better to listen than family docs? Um, and the second thing is is finding a community. Um, I think it's great that with the FM Revolution hashtag on Twitter, it's, there, there's uh, the, has really found a, a, the family medicine advocacy community um, that is just powerful. Um, as we record this, um, the, the, the big education uh, meeting in Seattle is going on, the Society of Teachers of Family Medicine, and they have their hashtag STFM12, and, and uh, I get to tune in to see what the educators, um, you know, like yourself, are, are, are talking about, not only at the meeting, but, um, you know, off-site as well. So, um, so you know, telling the story, listening to the story, finding a community out there, um, those are going to be, you know, some of the, the themes that I'm going to be talking about uh, during during my talk. And, and uh, you know, it, it's social media is not about, you know, what you're having for breakfast or, you know, this or that or whatever. It's it's it, it's deeper than that. It's more powerful than that. I mean, our patients are finding their own uh, patient communities out there. They're telling their story. And I think family medicine and family physicians, you know, can do the same thing and should do the same thing. I totally agree with you. I I. I blogged about this maybe about a year ago or a little less than a year ago in terms of uh, totally agreeing with you, even though I didn't realize that you were going to say this today. Uh, I agreed with you about about nine months ago. And, and, you know, how important it is for us as a community uh, to uh, be part of a narrative. And I was really focusing that particular blog post on medical students and residents uh, in terms of, you know, family physicians are heroes and doesn't every hero have an origin story? And for family physicians, our origin story is in our personal statements and and how it's critical that we continue to fall back on or go back to that personal statement to read what it was that motivated us to go into to, to become a doctor and, and specifically to become a family physician. And the next step in that is to continue to tell our story, and I think we've done a pretty amazing job as a, as a social media community in family medicine uh, to do that job of telling our story, whether it be from, uh, you know, user-generated tweets about why I love family medicine, uh, you know, you might be a family doc if hashtag uh, was floating around uh, and, and tends to pop up every so often. Uh, and then, of course, articles about uh, the, the value that we bring to the healthcare system and being able to share that 
and to be able to do it, um, you know, in the beginning, the volume was sort of just drops, you know, a trickle. And it's really blown up in the last 15 months uh, to, to two years. Uh, and, I, and even with, you mentioned the SDFM meeting. I mean, I, I can barely keep up with the tweets. There's, there's all these new family physicians, residents, and students who are just representing uh, in an excellent and outstanding fashion. And um, it's really energizing to see that. And, you know, I'm, I'm not in Seattle. And at the moment, uh, as I mentioned, I'm in the car in my garage. Uh, but you know, I, can fo- I can follow the action, and I can kind of see what people are, are talking about at the meeting, and it, it truly is very energizing, uh, which gets to your next point regarding um, that community. And um, you're right, it's, it's, it's not about what I'm eating for breakfast, though it can be, uh, you know, and that's kind of one-dimensional way of thinking about social media. Uh, but, you know, uh, one of your guests uh, in your uh, recent past uh, was Dr. Michelle Kiyogi, and she talked about uh, what happened in Kern County here in California with regards to the um, the health system deciding not to renew or not to allow the program to submit a match list. And the furor that came out of that uh, single act in a community and people from here to Northeast Ohio, to New York, to other parts of the country, uh, really stepping up to support and to create kind of a media storm around that particular issue, that injustice that was put upon this this, um, family medicine residency program. And three weeks later to see the Board of Supervisors in that county saying, no, you're not going to get rid of this program. It's too important for the community. Um, you know, that speaks volumes uh, to the power of what we can accomplish if we if we stay focused. And, um, uh, you know, we'll see what sort of challenges we face, uh, both for legitimacy and also for um, truly getting a, a, a foothold in the, in the U.S. healthcare system. Uh, you know, this truly is sort of a revolution, and um, we're – Moving in the right direction. Uh, we're not quite where we need to be, but uh, we're certainly moving in that direction. And you know, we've got lots of great new docs entering the system. Um, we need more, uh, but we'll, but we'll get there. Uh, and just tra- kind of tracing back a little bit, um, you know, it was just uh, you know two years ago, um, which seems like a long time, but it's really not. Um, you know, w- w- when I was at, you know, NCSC and, you know, I, I, I met you on Twitter and then I met you in person and, and, um, you know, you and me and maybe two or three other people were tweeting out, you know, at that, uh, 2010 meeting. Um, and, uh, we're like, maybe we got something here. Um, and then, you know, throughout those next 12 months, you know, little things would happen. Um, and then I remember, um, reading your, um, you know, blog post, uh, at the California chapter, um, website, um, about FM revolution and, and, you know, like you were saying about residents and students and the hashtag and things, which really set up, um, last year. Uh, which I wanted to get to you uh, to talk about because I wasn't there and and uh, uh, but I was monitoring it 
Um, so going into to this 2011 NCSC meeting, there seemed to be, you know, a little bit more people, you know, using social media or Twitter. And then something happened at the meeting that really exploded, that got a lot of people um, signed up, especially, you know, at the highest levels, you know, of leadership like board members. Um, can you describe to me kind of, you know, what the sense was from the beginning towards the end of that meeting? Because it seems like something, I don't know if something triggered it or it was just uh, you know, that was the tipping point or that's when you have uh, your um, core group of people really cranking it up. Uh, can you describe a little bit what happened? Right. Uh, you know, I think we sort of had like um, uh, it was like cell growth in the beginning. Um, you know, there were like one or two cells, and then there were four of us, and then there were eight of us, <laughs> and then there were 15 <laughs> of us. And, right. uh, you know, um, uh, there was a tipping point. And I think part of it was that, uh, you know, we had – there were people in key positions, uh, not me, uh, but uh, people like Kevin Bernstein uh, who – you know, was the student member on the board, and anecdotally, I would be, you know, at, on a ad hoc basis, I'd run into board members at the meeting and chat with them, and you know, they would say things like, "Yeah, I kind of feel like Kevin, um, like he tweets even though he's, he doesn't have his phone in his pocket because he just, <laughs> or even, even though he has his phone in his pocket because it just seems like he keeps tweeting. Um, it's amazing, uh, and and it seems like he's got a really great network." Uh, maybe I'll try that too. And then, you know, it took one board, one board member decided to sign up and, you know, it, it was, it, it was kind of cool because then I would sit there and I would have their, you know, sit there w while they're signing up for Twitter or for Facebook and kind of show them a little bit what it was about and show them how to connect with others and whatnot and show them what the hashtag meant and how to follow that stream of, of tweets. And uh, before you knew it, you know, more than half of the board members signed up for Twitter at the meeting. And, um, you know, they started to – it was very sort of, again, a trickle in terms of the tweets that were put out there, you know, kind of retweets and these kinds of things. And then, and then by the time Orlando rolled around uh, for uh, the annual scientific assembly in, in the fall, you know, you, you, then you had the president – uh, Dr. Glenn Stream uh, giving a shout out to the Family Medicine Revolution community. Uh, you know, this is when you were officially crowned the king of social media uh, <laughs> by, by, in a very public manner. Um, and and you know what was cool about it was I watched that particular um, uh, happenstance occur over a live stream uh, on. Uh, using social media uh, to be able to see it because I wasn't able to actually get in there live uh, at that particular moment. And, um, you know, the, I, th I, I believe the Academy has really embraced this idea of social media as a means for communicating not only with its members uh, but also with the public in general. And, you know, we're starting to see a lot of uh, our partners, uh, you know, people like Dr. Paul Grundy uh, with the patient-centered um Primary Care Coalition, um, really get out there in uh, the social media sphere and talk about PCMH, talk about family, the, the value that family medicine brings to the healthcare system. 
And and I think that um, especially these public figures being able to do that and being able to advocate um, sort of passively on our behalf um, or or even actively on our behalf really makes a huge difference in terms of turning public opinion uh, towards this uh, idea and also, uh, you know, allows us to then point to things when we go to advocate in the more formal manner when we go to our state houses or uh, or to the big house in in DC. Uh yeah, I mean I just said that the uh, uh the potential for this is uh, limitless and I know that you and I have talked off the air about that and uh um I'm just um so uh, pleasantly surprised of what has happened. Again, I, I echo your sentiment about uh you know thanking the academy, you know, for taking a chance on this and embracing it to a point where well, you know, there is a AAFP leadership blog uh, that is accessible through AAFP.org. Um, the president himself has a, a Twitter handle, AAFP Prez, and he's been doing very well with that. Um, hopefully that will continue. Um, and, you know, you know, making our presence known out there on, on social media, you know, having us, like you said, write the narrative, because I think for too long that uh, we have let other people tell the story of family medicine and it's the wrong story. Um, and I think that we have, you know, the the obligation and the ability uh, to do that. And I think social media is is the perfect uh, venue for that. And I think I stole all of my talking points from my talk, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and and you're right. I mean, I think uh, it's about using our voice. Um, and uh, you know, not every tweet is like a monumental. Uh, you know, life-changing or life-altering, 140-character uh, statement. Uh, but when you put the body of tweets together, the body of status updates from Facebook, the body of articles that we've um, posted on our behalf, um, and to, to highlight what it is that we do as a specialty, um, you know, that that only makes a difference. And and and. Um, and you know it's it's those baby steps that add up over time to create a big wave of change um and you know i got to tell you you know even to explain to legislators what a family physician is you know i've been going to to our our uh, state capital uh since i graduated from residency uh to go for our uh annual congress delegates and, and advocacy day and it's taken that long to really get the idea of what a family doc does, you know, probably at least a few years to kind of get that concept into uh, a legislator's mind and then to talk about things that are not really easy to talk about in a soundbite or elevator speech, you know, things like PCMH, uh, which are, are, you know, sound very simple but are actually very complex. You know, the first question I got was, um, so is this a home where we put patients? Um, you know, and 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 then right. and then you you take a deep breath and you say, no, sir, it is not. Uh, let me give you an example, and then and then you start telling your story about how you took care of a patient, and there was a team, and you used information technology, and you know they got seamless care. There's this great outcome, and and then they start to and then the, you know the, they start to get excited about it, you know, and then you know here we are. You know, four years later, we've got a PCMH bill in California, and, you know, even though our first one sort of fell on its face due to procedural reasons, we learned lessons from that. And, you know, uh, I, 
I don't know what the outcome is going to be with the second bill, but, you know, I, I can tell you we've got momentum. And that's through the hard work of all of us telling our stories, the hard work of everyone who's gone up to, to Sacramento um, and, you know, for, on, a, on a national level, gone out to D.C. to kind of tell that story of who, who we are and what we do. And it's making a difference. It really is making a difference. And, um, you know, it's, it's uh, and I'll talk about more, you know, during my you know, presentation on Wednesday, you know, about storytelling and, and um, you know, you know f- um, finding a community. Um, and, you know, our, our patients are using social media. Our patients are using social media to tell their story. Um, there's a lot of uh, patient support groups out there you know, virtual patient support groups around the world because people want to find other people who have the same diagnosis or who have the same story. And that's how they use social media. Uh, And I think that there's a huge opportunity here for for family docs to to tell that story. And I think it's important to do. Um, So... Well, I will have one more segment here uh, with our conference convener, Dr. Jay Lee, uh, and we're going to be talking about the plenary speaker. We're going to be talking about Dr. Gail Stevens, the man, and uh, he's going to be uh, talking on Thursday morning, and uh, you got to hear the story um, that Jay's going to tell um, involving Dr. Stevens. But first, uh, we will hear another quick little snippet here uh, from the band Revolve. We'll be playing Thursday night, uh, uh, revolveband.com is uh, their website, and uh, we'll play another song here, and then we'll uh, play part three of my interview with Dr. J. Lee coming up here on the Family Medicine Rocks podcast. My name is Mike Savilla, and uh, we'll be right back.
And that is the band Revolve with uh, Ray Sapatilli on lead vocals. And uh, they'll be playing on Thursday night at the NCSC meeting in Kansas City. You can uh, check out their website at revolveband.com. And uh, so the third segment, the third and final segment here, I'll be talking with uh, NCSC convener Dr. Jay Lee. And uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the uh, keynote speaker, the plenary speaker that's going to be talking on uh, uh, Thursday morning, uh, 9.30 Central Time. I tell you that because uh, you better be on Twitter uh, at that time because uh, we're going to be tweeting out this this uh, very important uh, uh, this very important presentation, this very important talk, this very important uh, lecture. And before I play our uh, our interview segment here, uh, I'm just going to read some of the bio here for uh, G. Gail Stevens, M.D., Dr. Gail Stevens. For more than 40 years, Dr. Gail Stevens has been a central figure in the evolution of family medicine as a specialty. Dr. Stevens attended the University of Missouri School of Medicine and graduated from Northwestern uh, University Medical School with distinction in 1952. After completing a rotating internship at Wesley Hospital in Wichita, Kansas in 1953, Dr. Stevens served two years in the U.S. Army Medical Corps before entering general practice in Wichita in 1955 and soon became a part of a national debate over the future of the generalist in American medicine. In 1967, two years before family practice was approved as the 20th specialty, in American medicine, Stevens returned to Wesley and transformed the existing general practice residency into one of the country's leading family medicine programs. Dr. Stevens went on to become the founding dean of the University of Alabama New School of Primary Medical Care at Huntsville and later chaired the University of Alabama's Department of Family Practice. Though he retired from full-time employment in 1988, Dr. Stevens remained active as a professor emeritus of family practice, received numerous awards for his work in activism, and wrote two books of essays about medical practice and education. His collections of publications is housed at the Center of uh, Center for the History of Family Medicine, the Center for the History of Family Medicine at the AAFP Foundation's archive. And uh, he is still uh, quoted today um, in his many articles and writings um, about family practice, family medicine, general medicine, the generalist, as it was known in the 50s and 60s, the GP, which is still, that term is still used in other parts of the world. Uh, And um, what you'll hear in this segment here with Dr. Jay Lee is how, how Dr. Stevens got interested in not only coming to NCSC, but also to speak as a plenary or keynote speaker at our meeting this year. Here's our conversation back with the NCSC 2012 convener, Dr. Jay Lee. Um, I did want to give a, uh, a shout out to, to the plenary speaker, uh, which is going to be awesome. And I think that that has another um, angle for social media because I, I think that, you know, that, that uh, I think it's important to look back before you look forward. Um, and, you know, the plenary speaker, which will be on Thursday morning, is uh, Gail Stevens, um, the man. I mean, he, uh, he, he's the guy that, I mean, I, you know, it's, I, I, when I talk to family docs who know him or have known him personally, and I've read a lot about him, 
um, you know, he, um, you know, he's the social media guy of his day. I mean, he's the guy that kind of started out the whole thing and, and uh, uh, very inspiring. Um, and, and I've heard his articles and writings quoted for a long time. Um, and, and I think social media has, has the opportunity to, you know, tell his story, retell his story uh, to people who have never heard about it before. So that the, the plenary speaker, I'm, I'm looking very uh, looking forward to hearing Dr. Stevens speak. Yeah, I'm I'm stoked uh, that he uh, is uh, able and willing to come and speak with us. Um, you know, uh, I think it was back in early 2011 in one of the STFM Journal articles. Uh, you know, there was a kind of a biography of, of and a timeline of, of Dr. Stevens' influence in family medicine. And as I was leafing through that article. I fell upon one of the columns, uh, one of the subtitles uh, in the article, and it said, uh, you know, family medicine is counterculture. And, of course, I immediately got even more interested in the article and kind of poured through that. And, you know, in 1979, uh, Dr. Stevens talked about, uh, framed family medicine as coming out of a counterculture movement in medicine uh, that, um, really kind of got out of the doctor-centric model of healthcare, meaning, you know, you know, you know how it is. Uh, you know, when you go to hospital, sometimes the doctor's parking is actually closer to the hospital than the patient's parking, and that's you know, that to me that right. is so wrong. Um, but you know, um, you know, kind of talking about family medicine as a culture, culture, how it kind of came up out of the '60s and wanting to have medicine be sort of different than sort of the the medical industrial complex that was coming out out of out of that era in american uh, medicine and how really the first struggles that we had as a specialty as a medical specialty uh were for legitimacy within the house of medicine and what you know and the, and the irony in that is that we're still doing that to this day, it's, it, that battle hasn't ended. You know, it, it's something that we continue to do, uh, whether it be, um, you know, at the AMA or at the RUC, uh, you know, which is another topic you've talked about, uh, the relative value scale update committee uh, that determines uh, uh, physician rates. And, um, you know, that really resonated with me. And um, actually, there's a meeting that I've gone to the, the last three years uh, where uh, they actually have a G. Gail Stevens lecture uh, because he's somebody that used to come to this meeting, um, and that's the uh, uh, National Conference of Primary Care Access. And there's a lot of um, sort of the godfathers of family medicine that have been to this meeting in, in the past, and that was a great history lesson for me. And as uh, Callie Castro and myself were uh, putting down, laying down plans for uh, the NCSC meeting, I thought, well, I wonder if there's a chance he would say yes uh, to, to coming out. And um, sort of in that counterculture fashion, he was actually very suspicious of what we were trying to accomplish. <laughs> Trying to counterculture his counterculture or something. Right, right, and and, and so I was like, all right, um, I, I better I better give him a phone call because uh, you know we we communicated by email in the beginning and yeah. they asked all he asked all these questions about what it is that you're doing, 
wait, happy. Wait, you call you called him and you and you're the one that made the pitch to this guy. That's correct. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you are uh, the convener, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, uh, we weren't get. Well, here's the deal. Uh, uh, because he was asking all these questions, um, and uh, you know, I. I was getting feedback from the staff, and I just said, you know what, give me his phone number. Uh, I'm going to call him. And um, so I, I gave him a call. I, I set up the meeting by email, uh, which is cool, and um, I set up the meeting, and I was nervous. I, my, my palms were oh, sweating. Yeah. I would be too. I, I, had, <laughs> I was tachycardic. Uh, yeah. I, I felt like I had to go to the bathroom, you know. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I, the, we, I call him at the agreed upon time, and I introduce myself. Uh, you know, I said, "Sir, this is Dr. Jay Lee from uh, the National Conference of Special Constituencies. I'm really honored uh, to speak with you, and uh, you know, I wanted an opportunity to um, answer any questions that you may have about the meeting." And we proceeded to actually have probably like an hour, hour and 15-minute phone call uh, where I explained to him uh, what's happening in social media with Family Medicine Revolution and how, you know, our generation of physicians is looking to historical, uh, uh, the historical bases of what we're doing today and to see, to, to kind of help tie that, that story arc, going back to the narrative, um, you know, how do we tie that story back to the early days of family medicine? And when I when I explained that to him, um, you know, Dr. Stevens's answer uh, to me was, "Well, I don't I don't see a reason why I shouldn't be at this meeting. I, I, I must be there." And you know, <laughs> oh um, man! And, and, and of course, Jeez. I was like, "Yes, this is awesome." And you know. <laughs> He, he 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 was very excited about the fact that there are segments of you know of populations of family physicians that that get what he was talking about back in in, in, the, in late uh, in, in the spring of 1979. And incidentally, what is it about spring and revolution anyway? You know, uh, right. Uh, but right. The, but there exactly. seems to be a great sort of. Um, history of, of spring being correlated with revolutions, and so you know it's perfect that this meeting that we are having is in the spring. I think it's great that we've got Dr. Stevens to come and speak to us about the history, and he's a very very um, uh, academic individual, and I think and very analytical. And I think um, you know we're going to have a very clear sense of exactly where uh, family medicine has been, uh, where it is now. And, and now that he has a sense of where we're going, you know, because he's, he's been reti- long retired, uh, I, I think this is going to be an amazing journey for us to, to, to listen to him. And I'm really hopeful that uh, those of us who are on Twitter um, are, are, are going to get out there and tweet this out because I think it's going to be a, a really thought-provoking and inspirational lecture. I mean, I, I mean, I really hope that you, that you you tell that story, you know, out there as far as, you know, even you, Jay Lee, you know, legislative expert and NCSC convener still gets nervous 
being an advocate for family medicine and, and making the pitch to this guy. You know, I, I can feel that in your voice. And like, and I think especially the first time attendees will be able to relate to that and said, this guy, this guy's been around forever. He's like a superstar leader and he still gets, he still gets nervous. Um, I think, you know, the first time attendees will really, uh, really relate to that. And, and the other thing too, is that I predict that, you know, during this lecture and following this lecture, there's going to be, you know, a huge spark and a renewal of interest in the history of our specialty, the history of family medicine, because, you know, I admit, you know, I don't know much about the history of it. I've talked to a lot of people who have tried to teach me the history of it, and sometimes I tune them out and sometimes I pay attention. But I think with this lecture coming up on Thursday, it's really going to get people curious. It's really going to get people excited to learn about the history and how things really have, haven't have changed that much. The uh, the fundamentals of family medicine, you know, they're the same. Um, the story that we tell now um, is similar or the same to, to the story that we told back then. And uh, I know I'm getting excited about it, just thinking about it. And, and I'm thinking even on my blog or even on my website to start relating back to those stories and, and to go to NCSC to talk to those people who know those stories, even some of them firsthand, uh, to tell the story so so that you and I can help relate the story on social media. I'm very excited about it. Yeah, and I, I think all of us could be um, be better historians in terms of, you know, um, it, telling the story in the vacuum of today, um, uh, it doesn't have as much significance as when, you know, you, you can relate it to the past. And, you know, it's the same reason why we ask about patients Past, past medical history with our patients, you know, uh, past actions have great impact on the future. And, um, you know, the, even even more so when you're trying to create change because, um, you know, we're, we're at a point right now where um, there's great opportunity. And I think one of the lessons learned uh, in, the, in the physician community is when you uh, stay quiet because you don't feel like something is your, your area of expertise, and you don't speak up on behalf of your patients or your specialty or your colleagues, uh, that actually does a lot more damage uh, to our credibility, our legitimacy, um, uh, the trust that people have in us. Uh, it, it, it really does great damage. And that's why I think we each have a responsibility to speak up and um, to, to do it in our own way. If you're not comfortable tweeting, don't tweet. Um, at least get on Twitter and listen, but um, but at least tell your story. You know, go to go to go to the committee meetings in the hospital and and fight for who we are. Uh, and and if each of us does that, you know, there's only one direction this is going to go. And and it's it's sort of a quote that I heard recently, uh, and I'm I'm going to screw it up. But basically, the the uh, the gist of it is that you know, positive energy is great. And even if it means that you just annoy people, it's it's um, it, it has an effect. Um, so you know, part of what our message is is it's a very positive message about who we are and, and what we do. In fact, I've gotten some feedback on Twitter like, "Yo, why don't you guys um, stop tweeting so many things about family medicine? We've heard you enough already." Um, I, I got I got one direct message from a from a follower uh, that said that, and I said I was like. Oh, cool! We're making a difference. Was kind of my response. <laughs> um, people are beginning to hear us, you know. Uh, and and you know, uh, the truth is, um, you know, the, the American people 
need us to do that. Um, and and if it means that we have, we have to bloody our knuckles uh, to do that, uh, by all means, let's do it. But I'd rather do it in a peaceful, positive manner. Um, you know, one of the one of the guys much closer to retirement than I at a local, at a recent county meeting where I gave a talk on social media uh, raised his hand and he said, "You know, this is like a breath of fresh air. I feel like I feel like we're able to bloody our knuckles," is what he said to me. Um, uh, you know, using this methodology, and, and my response to him was, uh, "We can." Uh, but do we really need to? Uh, you know, because I think we can be very positive in our message and make a change without being violent. Because uh, no one likes no one likes violence. Um, I'm very sensitive uh, of your time. Uh, we're going to be closing things uh, up here a little bit. I'm going to ask you for your closing thoughts and um, in, in uh, after I uh, after I uh, have my so my closing thoughts and and I. You know, I, I really appreciate the time, and, and for, for people, you know, and, and the people that listen to this don't know, um, as we record this, it is uh, 7 o'clock in the morning, and uh, you're in your car uh, because you didn't want to uh, wake up your kids, and uh, I very much appreciate the time. Um, it, it's a, it's um, I'm very excited to go again, um, you know, to to get recharged, uh, to, to meet old friends, to make new friends. Um, I think this whole, for me, this whole social media angle brings a whole different flavor to the meeting for me um, that was never there before when I first started going. Um, and it, it's just, I, I'm just so looking forward to this on, uh, on so many levels. Uh, as we, as we end our chat here for now, uh, Jay Lee convener, NCSC, uh, do you have any closing thoughts uh, for, for our listeners and people who are going to NCSC this year? Yeah. I, you know, Mike, I, I, I really wanted to uh, publicly thank you, uh, on behalf of uh, the NCSC advisory group uh, for the amazing work that you've done leading up to this meeting. Um, I've been uh, really thrilled to see the energy, uh, to see the, uh, the quality of, of, the, of the shows that you've put together leading up to this. And uh, you're right, it's a very different energy leading into this year, and I think social media plays a big role in that. Um, and, you know, my, my hope for the meeting is that we uh, continue to inspire folks. It's sort of the next evolution of the revolution in that, um, you know, uh, back, say, you know, six, seven years ago when I first started coming to this meeting, uh, maintaining the momentum between meetings, you know, because every year, maintaining that momentum between meetings was very, very difficult. Uh, because, you know, you get busy. You have the, the tyranny of urgency uh, that, that we all face uh, in our offices. Um, uh, however, I think that uh, with social media, we're able to stay connected, we're able to stay on message, continue to create that energy between meetings, um, and then that allows us to actually get down and do some real good work when we're at the meetings. And so my hope is that not only are we energized, but that we also – uh, just create some great ideas for for the future of family medicine going forward. And again, I I, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. I you know you're you're the man. You are the king. So uh, thank you, Doctor King. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> oh, that is uh, Doctor Jay Lee, the convener, the grand poobah, the man of the uh, 2012 uh, National Conference of Special Constituencies. Hey, follow him on Twitter. Uh, he's a family doc. Wonk, and uh, um, uh, and when you get to the meeting, because uh, we'll tease it, we won't tell people now. 
we'll 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 uh, we'll have people their their first challenge when they meet you is you know to ask you to explain your Twitter name and that will be the that will be the test for them. How does that sound? That sounds awesome. I, I think uh, I'll be up to the challenge, and uh, to make it even more challenging, I will explain it to them in 140 characters or less. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All righty, sir. I will talk to you very soon, my brother. Uh, good job, and uh, thank you so much for the time. Awesome. Travel safely, Mike, and uh, and to all those who are coming to the meeting, uh, we're looking forward to, to having a great time. And uh, thank you. thanks again for um, to Dr. Jay Lee uh, from California for coming on the show to uh, chat it up with me. Um, about this year's NCSC meeting. Uh, follow it on Twitter at NCSC12. I got a lot of questions leading up to this meeting and said, Mike, why did you do this? Why, why did you, um, you know, why did you put all these shows together? Why did you do, you know, five plus shows in ten days? Um, you know, why are you shooting videos? Why are you posting videos? Why are you doing podcasts? Why are you doing blogs leading up to this meeting? And, um, you know, to be honest, um, you know, I tried to do something similar, you know, when I was convener a few years ago um, to experiment with it and to see, um, and I was not very successful at it. Uh, and, you know, this year I wanted to try something wild and crazy and never that's been done before uh, because that's how I roll. Uh, I like to innovate, I like to fail, and I like to innovate again. And what I want to show to people what I want to show to people um, in the family medicine community, what I want to show people in the FM revolution community, what I want to show people um, at the academy, at the American Academy of Family Physicians, I want to show people in the medical community, in the HCSM community, all these things, is that um, I'm just one guy. I'm just one guy who really feels passionate about this meeting, about issues, about advocacy. And, you know, look what I've been able to do. Look what I've been able to do um, just uh, trying to balance my full-time job um, and to do all the social media stuff. Just imagine, imagine if you got other people involved. Imagine if you were, you know, we're able to organize something leading into a huge, enormous, big meeting that is, you know, more than one person doing things. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the power of that? And, you know, I'm doing all this. <laughs> I don't have a budget, you know. Uh, you know, my biggest, um, my biggest payment is time, you know. Um, I'm not getting anything back for this, you know. I'm not being funded for any of the social media stuff that I'm doing. Not that I would, you know, uh, not that, that that's what would motivate me, uh, but I'm doing this because I, this is an example. This is an example that I would want to show, you know, um, you know people in the family medicine community, people in the um, you know, HCSM community, to see what one crazy guy can do with very little time, but with a lot of energy and passion and devotion uh, to, you know, get the message out to tell the story of the NCSC 12 meeting, to tell the story of family medicine, to try to, you know, influence people both inside and outside the community on what, on what social media can do, what social media can do, um, you know, with very little money, uh, with no budget, um, but just with a lot of passion, uh, 
and a lot of energy to try to get things done. And that's why I do this. That's why I do this every day here in um, you know, social media, because I believe in it. And if I believe in something, then I am all in. Um, and you know, probably after this meeting, I will probably be off social media for like a month. <laughs> well, maybe not because I have a, another event coming up. But you know what I mean. I mean, you just go all in, you give it all that you can, and you see what happens. And hopefully, along the way, you pick up some friends. You get friends who are also excited that want to work with you, that also believe in the similar dream you know, of social media and trying to get the message out. And that's why I do this. And I'm, I'm looking you know, forward to my talk on, on Saturday. On Saturday. I'm looking forward to my talk on Wednesday um, and uh, trying to get people excited about social media, um, re-energized about family medicine. And uh, I'm looking you know, forward to talking with people about this. And uh, so, so that's why I do it. I get, I've had a lot of questions leading up to this meeting, and, and that's, that's my answer to that. That's why I've been doing all this work um, to uh, try to get the word out. And we'll see what happens, you know. Um, but I know that, um, you know, people have been helping me. Um, I appreciate, you know, the people that have been, you know, uh, tweeting out, um, sharing links, um, not only on Twitter but on your Facebook page and talking about it and getting other people excited. You know, this is what, um, you know, one guy can do in social media. And just, just imagine, imagine getting other people involved and getting some real organization. I mean, it would just be huge. Uh, so we'll have one more segment here. I have one more song here to play from Revolve. The uh, band is going to be playing here, uh, in, uh, or actually playing in Kansas City later this week, Ray Sabatelli and Revolve. We have one more song here. And then I'm going to have some commentary on a huge article in the family medicine community that just blew up in the past uh, uh, 24 or 48 hours um, on uh, Forbes.com. It's called uh, Primary Care Spring by Dave Chase. And I'll have commentary on that right after this song here from Revolve. Check them out at Revolve band.com here on the family medicine rocks podcast my name is mike sabella we'll be right back after this penny lane there's a barber shop photograph every hand he's had the pleasure to know and all the people that come and go stop and say hello Machine. 
is the musical stylings of Revolve. I feel like a DJ now. <laughs> you can find them at the revolveband.com. That is uh, Ray Sapatelli on lead vocals uh, and his merry troop um, of musicians there. They'll be playing on Thursday night um, at the NCSC meeting in Kansas City. Uh, so the last topic here, and uh, it's been blowing up on Twitter last uh, couple of days. It's from uh, Forbes. And uh, the writer is uh, Dave Chase, and uh, he's a contributor. And the uh, article is entitled Primary Care Spring, and it is, uh, if you want to look it up, uh, it is on 428.12. The title is Primary Care Spring Unleashed by IBM. And I'll read the first paragraph here. A year ago, the Arab Spring rocked the world. Stateside, a less visible revolution is underway. This uh, revolution could be called the Primary Care Spring. As social media played a role in the Arab Spring, there's a large group of primary care physicians who have rallied around the FM revolution hashtag, perhaps as unlikely as a street vendor catalyzing the Arab Spring, a catalyst where the primary care spring was IBM. And in the course of this essay, you know, they, they mentioned people like uh, Dr. Ted Epperly, um, past president of the AAFP, um, and his upcoming book um, entitled Fractured, The American's Broken Healthcare System and What We Must Do to Heal It. And uh, they also uh, men- mentioned Dr. Paul Grundy, uh, IBMer and uh, physician, and his uh, patient-centered primary care collaborative. But at the uh, end of the essay, uh, I'll read this uh, here, and it is uh, entitled, uh, this section, Prognosis for Primary Care, Time for a Renaissance. Many stories have been written about the so-called death of primary care. Yet I believe that primary care is due for a renaissance. The Arab Spring rolled from one country to another as their citizens saw the unthinkable was possible. Likewise, primary care doctors are seeing a similar phenomenon in increasing their organizations, such as primary, excuse me, such as Physician Care Direct and MedLion, which are set up to transition a primary care practice into a model that can be described as two parts. Marcus Welby, one part, Steve Jobs. It's remarkable to see the transformation from extreme pessimism about the future to a virtual rebirth. The contrast is stark. The most unhappy physicians I've spoken with are in insurance-bound primary care practices. In contrast, the happiest physicians I know are unshackled in low-overhead, high-service, direct primary care practices, which we've talked about on this show before. Once transitioned, these practices can think about how best to care for patients and the new bottle doesn't have to be based on the Rube Goldbergian insurance reimbursement requirements that require face-to-face appointments, and even though two-thirds of appointments don't medically require face-to-face interaction. The closing paragraph goes like this. There are leaders who have been operating in these more patient-centric and accountable models. They are taking the next step and moving beyond simple patient portals that just allow viewing of information after the fact in simple email exchange, these forward-looking providers realize that the revolution they desire demands a collaborative care approach that necessitates active involvement during the care process. Looking forward, uh, 
I'm sorry, the forward-looking, the forward-looking primary care physicians leading the revolution are thrilled that they are rewarded not on their skills at coding billing forms properly, but about partnership with their patients. Let me read that again. The forward-looking primary care physicians leading the revolution are thrilled um, that they are rewarded not on their skills at coding, but billing forms properly, but about partnerships with their patients. The reward is healthier patients who spend less time at healthcare providers and a physician who's, I messed this up. The reward is healthier patients who spend less time at healthcare providers and a physician who spends more time in patient care um, and less time coding billing forms. I apologize for messing up that paragraph there. That's from Dave Chase. You can follow him on Twitter at uh, Chase Dave. And uh, again, his article was called Primary Care Spring Unleashed by IBM 428-2012 at Forbes. Uh, dot com. And there's been a lot of retweeting about this deal um, in the past 24, 48 hours. And uh, uh, what's interesting is that there's been a lot of retweeting about it, but there has been a lot of essays about it saying, you know, how are we going to do this? Um, and that's one of the frustrations that I have sometimes with social media is people are more willing to, uh, you know, share something on their Facebook page or retweet it or like it on their Facebook page, but not really act on it, not really have any kind of commentary on it. Um, I think it's one of the dangers of uh, social media in this capacity is that we like to feel good, you know, yay, thumbs up, we like it. But when it comes to action, you know, um, we leave a little bit more to be desired. You know, and that's part of my talk on Wednesday, you know, turning that emotion, turning that emotion into action. So we'll see what happens this week. Uh, That ends my show here this evening. Thank you, everybody, for – you know, who's listened live or who downloaded the show. Um, and I want to thank everybody for, you know, listening to the shows, um, being interactive with the shows um, as much as you can. Um, and uh, it really means a lot to me that people are paying attention to, to what I'm doing and to, to try to, uh, you know, see what we can do trying to get, a, get the word about the uh, NCSC 12 meeting, the uh, Family Medicine Revolution um, you know, I invite you to come back on Wednesday, Wednesday, um, 10 a.m. Uh, Eastern time, I believe, um, at uh, FamilyMedicineRocks.com, also Block Talk Radio slash FamMedRocks, uh, exclusively here on the show is going to be having the uh, two finalists, the two people running uh, for the 2013 NCSC convener position. Uh, it's going to be a great radio uh, to uh, listen to them. Uh, talk about NCSE, talk about family medicine, and talk about why they want to lead this meeting next year. That show is going to be live on site at the NCSC meeting. Uh, I'll be traveling tomorrow. Follow me on Twitter. Uh, friend up the uh, Facebook page. And it's going to be great this week. It's going to be uh, a historic making week in Kansas City at the NCSC meeting. And I'll, I'll be gr- glad to be a witness to it. I'm glad to be a part of it. Uh, but you can follow it as well on Twitter with the hashtag um, NCSC 12. Uh, so that's all I have for you this evening, kids. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the show here. Um, and go to familymedicinerocks.com, my digital library um, of blog posts, audio podcasts, and videos. Follow me on Twitter, Dr. Mike Sevilla. Uh, go to Facebook, facebook.com slash famedrocks. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Mike Sevilla. And we'll see you out there on Twitter and Facebook. And I will see those of you going to NCSC in Kansas City. I will see you in just a couple of days. I'm really getting excited for my talk out there on Wednesday night. Pay attention on Twitter. And uh, I will say good night from Northeastern Ohio. Have a good night, everybody. And we'll talk to you very soon. Good night. <laughs>